Are you looking for truth from God's Word that you can understand and apply to your life? You'll find it today on Make It Clear with Dr. Stan Pons, Bible teacher and president of Florida Bible College in beautiful Orlando. Listen now as Stan makes it clear. We begin then to make decisions based on, well, I think I can do that, or I'd kind of like to do that, or that door's opened, or I don't know, maybe I'll just try this for a while. One of the passionate things, most passionate things I say to young people other than trusting Christ and surrendering your life to Christ and all that, getting into the book is this. Since you were in God's mind before you were ever born, God has a plan for your life. It's going to be found in gifts. So here it is. You need to discover your gift and God's plan for your life right now. And then do it, watch this, no matter the cost. So it's not like we just handpick wherever we want to go. I want to live in Hawaii. I want to live in Alaska. I want to live in Europe. I want to live in Asia. I want to, where, no, no, no. Lord, where do you want me to live based on the way you have divinely designed me so that I could be in my zone to bring glory and honor to you? Did you catch that? So you might say, whoa, I'm long past that, man. I've already spent my money. I'm already living here. I've already got roots here. I've got a career. Got, uh, and can, can I start over? I don't know that you can start over, but I know you can start now. Did you catch that? You may not be able to start over, but you can start now. And you begin by discovering your gift. That's what you're to do. Now, let's be real corny. Can I be corny for a moment? Um, If if God wanted me to paint walls as an object, would he made me a screwdriver? No, he'd made me a paintbrush. So if God wanted you to do something for him, he then would make you a certain way, design you a certain way, so you could then do what he would want you to do to fulfill the greater calling in your life. So I want you to know, if you're at a crossroads in your life, this is a good place to begin. Now let's look at this verse, because I want to pick it apart a little bit. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4 and 5. Get your pens ready, because this really is a good verse to mark up a little bit. It says, now there are varieties of gifts. So you might want to mark varieties and gifts. All right, you're going to see gifts mentioned here. Variety, that means there's different kind of gifts because God needs different tools to build his kingdom. Then it says, but the same spirit. Circle the word spirit for a moment. What you're going to see is the same spirit, capital S, Holy Spirit. So it's not talking about your passion and spirit, but the same spirit. And then it says, and there are varieties of ministries. So again, varieties, that means there's many different kinds of ministries. A gift is something that you have to be able to use in ministry. And there are lots of different ministries that are out there. And then it says, and the same Lord. Now circle the word Lord there. Same Lord. And then it says, and there are varieties of effects or activities in those ministries. So you have a gift. There's various ministries and various things you can do in ministry. But the same God who works all things in all persons. Woo! All things in all persons. So I don't know what your baggage you're carrying in your life as a Christian. Remember, this is written to believers. You, if you haven't trusted Christ as Savior, you're on the outside of Disneyland looking in, and we're saying, come on in, but the door is Christ. You've got to go there first. All right, now, let's go back. All things in all persons, that means you have that gift. The thing I wanted you to see is that spiritual gifts, ministries in which you can have various effects doing things with your gift, is all wrapped up in the Trinity, So you see Spirit, Lord, God, circle those three words, maybe circle all of those words together so you can see the Trinity. It is so important that we know our gift 
get involved in ministry, and then do our gift in that ministry, that it's touching all of the Trinity when we do this. Now, I pondered on that a lot. And as I pondered on this, I came to this thought. That must mean that in my life, God knows what's best for me. God knows what's best for that ministry. God knows what's best for me to do in that ministry, whatever it might be. Because all this is about God and what's best for us to bring glory to Him. Now, that's why I behoove all of you that you passionately begin to discover what your gift is. Because it'd be horrible for you then to end up your life and God's gracious. He will still reward you if you lived right for all the good deeds you've done. Not to get into heaven, but because you are. So He'll reward you, all that. But to really miss out on where you really could be, and I love it, in your zone by not knowing your gift. Now, the next phrase in my statement is God's life in the church. Now, let me expand on this for just a moment. I thought a lot about this. I believe as I look across just our island alone, and it's a tiny little island, a little dot of land in the Pacific, farthest land mass from any other land mass in the water is Hawaii. That should make you real scared. and You're kind of, oh, wow, we're so far away. Well, here's what I'm thinking. Lots of churches here. Not speaking to the doctrinal inaccuracies of many of these churches, the improper emphasis that are away from Christ and more man-centric rather than Christocentric. I'm not speaking to that. But I am talking about methodology, and some are really given to reaching those that are maybe the homeless. You have some that are really trying to reach children. You have others that are really trying to do radio and television. I, I, I get all of that. Okay, those are the different ministries. The biggest question is, is since God has created different ministries, different styles, different locations, he's drawn into those local assemblies, different people, different leaders, resource them to be able to do blah, 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 whatever that might be, then wouldn't it be wise, and here's where I'm going with this, for us to discover what does God want international to do? And one of the best ways to know that is what kind of gifts did he give this church? so that we could discover the ministries and then the effects of those ministries based on the gifted people in this ministry. So one way to do that is to find out what gifts do we have in what particular areas. If we are loaded with people that have the spiritual gift of teaching, maybe we should be launching a lot more Bible studies. Maybe we should have launched our own Bible college here. I don't know. But it would tell me, though, to discover what God wants for this church At least we ought not to leave out of the equation. What gifts did he give us by way of bringing in the people that have those gifts to survey them to find out what he wants? So my gifts show God's plans for my life in church since the gift has come in so that I can get involved in ministry by serving others. So again, that's a thought that you might want to park on and think about. It's very important. Let's go to number two. How important are my spiritual gifts? My gifts show my worth. I put this down because I know some of you have um, a low view of yourself, and we need to be humble. I get all of that, but I like to use the term not a high view or a low view, but we want to have what we call a correct view. I talked that two weeks ago when we were in Romans, okay? We want to have a correct view of ourselves, a committed, consecrated view of God, but a correct view of ourselves. 
And so I want you to know that you must be worth something. Jesus died for you. He spilled his blood. It cost God the death of his only son. And eternal life is found in the work of his son. And he gave you that gift of eternal life. And so you must be worth something because it cost God so much to redeem you and me. So you've got to be worth something. And then he says you're accepted in the beloved one and all spiritual blessings have been given. We've got to be worth something only as we are in Christ. And so part of that, a small part but important part, is the fact that you've been given a spiritual gift. A phrase that you've heard me use a thousand times here probably, and I hope you never forget it is, everybody is somebody in his body. Did you catch that? Would you say that out loud with me? Everybody is somebody in his body. One more time. Everybody is somebody in his body. So you bring to the table something special along with your isms and spasms, a spiritual gift that God has given to you. In addition to that, every part of his body needs every part of his body. So you are important. So keep that in mind and never forget that. Here's the third. How important are my spiritual gifts? My gifts show fruitfulness and fulfillment in my life. One of the questions to know if that's a spiritual gift that you think you have, if you're now functioning with that gift, you've received it by faith through trusting Christ, you're choosing to use that gift to bring glory unto Him, you're leaning on Him for the strength and the power and the wisdom to use that gift. If you're functioning in that gift, there'll be two immediate results. You will know it. There will be that fulfillment in your life. And then the second will be there will be fruit in your life. All right, if you have that gift. And I'm telling you that if you always feel like I'm always on the outside looking in, I never feel fulfilled. It could be that you're trying to serve in a lot of different areas, and I commend you on that. I, I put my arm around you. I cheerlead you for that. But on the same time, if you're meant to be a quarterback, but you're serving as a linebacker, maybe you need to change positions. Okay? You get what I'm saying? So find out what the gift is, the way the Lord has wired you, so you can be all that God wants you to be in that particular area. So think about that. The fruit and the fulfillment in your life. Well, now let's go to the, the last question. That is, what does God want me to do with my gift? What does he want me to do with my gift? I like to call it, we need to discover that particular gift. I have to tell you, um, we've gotten a lot of weird gifts. I went on the internet and I picked out a few, some really weird gifts. One was a growing head I don't know what that was about. Another was a New York City manhole doormat. Wouldn't you like to have one of those? How about a talking fly swatter? How about a slithering snake pen? I remember this one. How many remember the pet rock? Anybody remember the pet rock? Okay, you remember that? The one I thought was pretty funny was the one that, I, I don't know if they still sell them, but you have to be in the deep south. I don't think anybody anywhere else in the world would ever want these or give them away. It was the singing fish that was on the wall. Remember the singing fish? It'd be a fish on the wall. Oh, look at that fish. You'd walk by, and if they had the button right, you would then set the motion detector, and it would now come away from the wall and start singing some hokey song from the South. How many remember what I'm saying? Would you raise your hand? I'm not anti-South. My family is from the South. Carol's mom and dad lived on Walton's Mountain. You know, that they, they know all that. That being, that's... I remember one night, we have a long walk to our, our front door, and it was dark because I don't put on the, I know where they are, I know how many steps to count when I'm going down, it was dark. 
and I'm getting up to the front door. Carol was on after a meeting of some kind. And just as I was ready to touch the doorknob, all of a sudden, this thing on the ground lit up. And it started to sing, jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle. It was a, a Christmas tree this big. And so I said, Carol, what? Did? She said, someone gave us that, and I wanted to surprise you with that gift. I said, it really did. I need to go to the restroom right now, okay? It really surprised me. But I think the craziest gift that I ever got, I have to show it to you, was from a friend of mine who was a, a deacon in our church. And he knew that I liked to surf. And so I unwrapped the box. It had all that bubble wrap around it. And he gave me this. Now, this looks like a plastic idol, doesn't it? You that are watching on television here, you can, can't see it very well. They don't bring it up close for you. But those that are listening, it's a plastic idol, kind of. And it's of a big wave. And at the center part of the wave, almost shooting the curl, is a surfer there. Well, when that person gave me this gift, Carol says it had blonde hair and it didn't look like you, so she painted the little hair on this guy here, to, to darker hair to match mine. Well, I had it out for a long time, and I thought, what in the world am I going it's, to... It's, and I don't like dust catchers, you know, I just hate it. So I was playing around with this one day, and so I looked at it, and I thought, I wonder what... what there's a crack here if I open it. <laughs> Isn't that cool? I'm not done yet. I'm not done yet. Isn't that great? I'm not done. It's got one more. I love this thing. Right, I like this thing here. So I have this gift. Carol then, as wise woman as she is, she said, well, Stan, you know what that is? It's definitely not an idol. That is a cookie jar. Or you can put chocolate-covered peanuts in this. And I thought, no, we're not going to put chocolate-covered peanuts because I'd be fat because I'd be wanting to go in here. Every time I wanted to get an old... All right. Now, that's a gift. The real question is, what, what good is that gift? The reason you want to discover your gift is because it does have importance in your life. Let me show you another gift. This is a gift Carol gave to me. I wonder if there's a hidden, you know, kind of a, kind of a message in here. She gave me this screwdriver here. Can you see that? It's one of those you charge up. It has a little light so you can see what you're doing. I think the message Carol was giving to me through this you need to do more honeydew projects. I really think that's what it was. And so she gave me this gift. So when I look at this one, that's a lot more fun. But this gift, we get a lot more, a lot more done. You catch that? And so God has given us gifts. These aren't from the Lord, maybe generally speaking, but they're not spiritual gifts. So I encourage you to discover your gift. Look, if you will, at the verse I have for you, 1 Corinthians 12. It says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren... You might underline the word brethren there because that tells you that it's only believers that he's speaking to concerning spiritual gifts because unbelievers, they're not going to get this. Then he says, I do not want you to be unaware. Other versions say ignorant about this, which implies in love that we can be very ignorant or very unaware of the whole teaching of spiritual gifts and especially specifically what our gift would be and what we should do with it. And I like verse 1 of chapter 14 of 1 Corinthians. It says, pursue love yet desire earnestly spiritual gifts. And next week, we're going to begin a two-part series on a dozen ways to love others. And um, I can't wait to give you that message because loving is important. But I want you to love that person also through your spiritual gift. Here's number two. What does God want me to do with my gift? He wants me to discover it. 71% of Christians today don't even know about spiritual gifts. But the second is to develop it. Do not neglect the spiritual gift within you. 1 Timothy 4.14 says. So if you have that gift, don't neglect it. And for this reason, I remind you 
again, don't be ignorant. Now he has to keep reminding you. So some of you that are hearing me today say, you know, Stan, I, I heard messages like this from you before. I've been to your seminar before. I get all of that with you. But we need to remind you. And so Paul says, I need to remind you, implying that he's already taught them this, but, or taught him this, but he needs to hear it again. And he says, kindle afresh the gift of God which is in you. So he already knows he's got the gift. Now he says, kindle it afresh. That would be develop it. Make it alive. Let it loose. All right, develop it. So in your notes, you might want to say, to develop my gift, I don't want to be too busy. I don't want to be too lazy. And I also don't want to be too insecure. Too busy means I'm too busy to discover my gift. I'm too busy to learn how to develop. I'm too busy then to use it. Or I'm too lazy. I hope you're not that. I'm so lazy, I just kind of come and go and just I just do what I can and let it go. Make a minor, minor issue out of the gifting. An insecure could be, well, I don't think I'll ever know it. I don't think I can know it. And if I did know it, I don't know what I can do with it. And I don't know what he wants it if I can really use it. I've got so many, I can't, so you're insecure. And that, that's grieving God. How much would it grieve you if you worked real hard for the money, you thought very hard for what gift you'd give to a loved one, you then spent the time fighting for a parking place to be able to go to the mall to buy it for that person. Then you, with your mind, you wrapped it so special and of all the gifts, you just wanted your loved one to have that gift. And then when they got it, they barely opened this thing. They set it aside. And then when they got it, they just threw it in the corner and played with the box. Well, that's the same way with God in his own special way. Now, I do need to answer a question here. What if I want to discover it and to develop my gift... How could I do it? Do I have to take a spiritual inventory assessment to do it? So listen carefully. You can write this down. First of all, to discover your gift, you have to be a Christian. So you've got to trust Christ. Secondly, you have to know that God wants you to have a gift. Thirdly, you have to even know what the gifts are so that you'll be able to discover it. You've got to know what they are. Okay? The fourth thing that you ought to do is get involved in ministry right away while you're cleaning your life up. Make sure that there's no sin still in your life because why would God give you a spiritual gift if you're so goofed up and then why would he ever reveal it to you then if you're going to use it as a toy to play with, make jokes about it, or use it as a weapon to fight with rather than a tool to build with. So you want to make sure your life is right and get involved because often you will roll like a, like a marble on a Chinese checkerboard. God will let you roll in that direction. He'll place you. The other thing you can do is ask a trusted, spiritually minded family member or friend what they think your gift might be. Sometimes they will see it more than you will see it and help you discover that as they come alongside you to admonish you, as Scripture says. That's part of the admonition. Hey, I see this in you. And then maybe last, take a spiritual gift inventory. Now, there are some Bible teachers that will kind of put all that stuff down. I understand that, but, but I might want to look at it this way. If I open up a spiritual gift inventory, it might very much begin to ask me questions about who I am and why I'm here and what I find to be fulfilling and where am I seeing fruit in my life. It'll ask me questions I never thought about asking myself, so it might help with the process of discovering what this is. So when I seek the Lord in prayer and humility and God brings people into my life and I get involved, you'll be surprised how your gift will begin to emerge. So you discover it and you develop it. The last you want to do is simply this. You want to demonstrate it. Once you get that gift, you develop it by learning how to use it, going to classes, studying the Word, having someone mentor you, disciple you, talk to others, read books, get in the Word, but then you want to use your gift. 
that would tell me that it would not be appropriate for people to be a part of a church, especially members who say, this is my church, I'm a card-carrying international kid over here, this is my church, and then not get involved. Just show up on Sunday, and your involvement is no more than smiling at someone and greeting them and maybe doing just a light little tiny thing. I think God's given you your gift a whole lot more than for you to just put it on the shelf and pull it out once or twice a year. I think he really wants you to use it because we're living in the last days, folks, and his times are perilous. And God wants us to be a healthy church and be a lighthouse for this beautiful island, for our wonderful state, and for the entire Pacific Rim. And it's all wrapped up right here with you and me. So my dear friends, I I pray that today's message will at least cause you to have enough interest to now pursue love, but also spiritual gifts as well. Let's pray, shall we? With every head bowed and every eye closed, remember as we go full circle with our Discover Our Divine Design, the top part of the circle really was this. Have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior by faith alone so that you can have eternal life? And eternal life means not life until you sin again where he takes it away from you. It's eternal life that you'll have forever because he's the one who keeps you saved. You can never become an unson or an undaughter of Jesus Christ once you've been born again. There's no scripture that teaches that. No example in scripture that teaches that. If you lose it, it just tells us you never had it to start with. So I pray that you'll trust Christ as Savior because it is like opening up a, a kaleidoscope of wonderful opportunities. It's all about Christ and discovering who he is. So my dear friend, trust Christ as your Savior. So you say, okay, I'm ready to do that. I want to I take my gift. God is offering my gift. And I'm not, not talking about a spiritual gift now. I'm talking about the gift of God, which is eternal life. I'm talking about eternal life, that gift. You want to take that gift? You come to the Lord and you realize that he is the giver of that gift. You realize that it cost him to be able to give you that gift. That's the death of his only son on the cross so that your sins would be paid for. All the reasons for you not to get that gift are taken away by what Jesus did for you on the cross. You've got to realize that he offers that gift to you if you promise nothing in return in order to get that gift. I don't have to hand God money back like anyone else. I just have to receive that gift. Now, once I receive the gift by faith, then I ought to live a different life. And that different life isn't to get the gift or to keep the gift. The different life is to use my life better by way of saying thank you to him for that gift. Now you get it? That's how it all fits together. That's, that's grace. But you must place your faith in Christ. And don't wait. Please do it now. Lord, I know I've done things wrong. I know I don't deserve to have eternal life. But right now I'm going to receive the gift of God by placing my faith in Christ. Now, if you do that, I'd like to pray for you, my, my friend. Me praying for you doesn't get to heaven any more than filling out a card, raising a hand, walking forward. It's simply trusting Christ. But I'd like to know if you trusted Christ in here today. So with heads bowed and eyes closed, I'm going to ask you to slip up your hand. If today was the day that you received the gift of eternal life, and with it came the spirit and the spiritual gift and a whole lot of others. But today was the day. Now, when I pray for you, I'm just going to thank God for saving you and in a way already welcoming you into God's family. I won't have you stand up or embarrass you in any way, but is there anyone here today that's ready to receive the free gift of eternal life by trusting Christ? 
Trust him. Now that you are, if you'd like me to pray for you, would you slip up your hand wherever you are right now? Slip it up. Put it down. Anyone at all. All right, Christians. Take a moment with the Lord and see what gift you might have. I believe the gift list is a lot longer than the one that's just found in Romans. God loves you and he has a gift for you, which is an enablement. It's a tool to bring glory to him. Our gracious Heavenly Father, I thank you for your love. I thank you for your word. I thank you that you are a generous, gracious, merciful giver of all gifts and that you've given to us eternal life and with that has come you and all that's with you. Thank you for the gift you've given to us. Help us to know what that gift is. Help us then to grow in that gift, learn how to use it, develop it. And then, Father, demonstrate that gift you've given to us by coming alongside others and building them up and teaching them and helping them and serving them, leading them, encouraging them. Father, I pray that we'll be a healthy church and we'll discover all that you would have for us in the days, months, and years ahead until you come for us. Now, Father, I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You're listening to Make It Clear with the teaching of Dr. Stan Pons, founder of Make It Clear Ministries and president of Florida Bible College in beautiful Orlando, Florida. Make It Clear is dedicated to taking the Word of God with clarity into every person's world. It is the support of listeners like you who make the ministry of Make It Clear possible. You can provide your tax-deductible gift to Make It Clear online by going to makeitclear.org. Or you can mail your gift to Make It Clear, P.O. Box 607-901, Orlando, Florida, 32860. Thank you for helping us Make It Clear. If you would like to have Dr. Pond speak at your church or event, please send us an email at tellmemore at makeitclear.org. Thank you, and remember to make it clear.